hey, here's your introduction um, for the Supercast. Yep. Uh, today, we uh, we shot the shit, and uh, it's kind of a mellow gray day, but that's okay. We still had some fun. Yeah. Um, talked about all kinds of stuff. Talked about Instagram. Talked about it. Talked about video games for a while. And then we talked about... Uh, how we're going to sort of revamp the podcast sort of once again, mm-hmm. but there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah. So, uh, make sure to check us out all across social media because we're starting to kick it in gear a little bit here. Um, so stop by facebook.com slash super divorce, uh, Twitter at super divorce, Instagram at super divorce band and Snapchat at super divorce. Our Snapchat and Instagram is kind of inactive, but yeah. we'll, we'll get back to that. Just follow us and be patient. Yeah. Uh, if you want to follow me across social media on Instagram, I'm at bender, Butt, Twitter at benders, Butt or bender butts. I'm sorry. I'm going to get confused. And Snapchat is at benders, Butt. um, I like to update my Instagram a lot. So check me out. Check me out on Instagram because that's that's yeah, fun good for thing me. Going over there, yeah. Quality Instagram, quality boy. Instagram boy. <laughs> and if you want to follow me across social media, just Nicholas Villars wherever you go. Yep, super easy, super simple. Uh, uh, oh, and uh, in our dot com, our official website. Yeah. If you go to superdivorceme.com, you'll notice that uh, it looks different now. It's been looking different a lot, but Nick's Nick's got it looking really fucking cool right now. Yeah. So make sure to check that out. Also, make sure to uh, just send us an email. Drop us a line. We're still uh, on hold with the uh, CDs that we mm-hmm. were sending out for a bit. So lucky you if you have one because they're kind of limited edition items right now. Yeah. But uh, still, you know, send us an email uh divorce club at superdivorceme.com tell us a story about uh some nostalgia you have for something from the 80s even if you're experiencing it for the first time like i am yeah and uh we'll we'll highlight you on the show if you want or you know if not just just sound off let us know sound off ran off yeah whatever who cares we just want to hear from you yep so uh, um with that Enjoy, chefs. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Hey, it's Nick. And Bender. For your uh, weekly edition of the Super Divorce Supercast. Weekly, even though we haven't posted the last one yet. Yeah, I still haven't done that. So you'll get to, to listen to this week. So that'll be You know, like we like to say, we've got a lot of other stuff going on. Especially yeah. Nick has a lot of stuff going on. So some stuff that is almost ready to like begin rolling out a process here. Yeah. So we're getting very close to actually having something to show for everything that we've been talking about. Right. And all the seemingly uh, empty promises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something to show for the inactivity that you know. Right. But the Facebook page is doing really well lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. 
that's really neat. I think we were at like 308 likes for probably <laughs> close to a year. Yeah. So we're at 320 now. We've that's gained like cool. 10 over the past week. It's not bad. Not bad. Which is good when you've gotten zero new likes over the course of a full year. Right. So. Yeah. It's kind of a, I don't know if you guys can tell, but it's kind of a mellow day today, I feel like. Yeah. It's very gray outside. It is, yeah. Very it, gray. It's warm, or it's mm-hmm. nice, yeah, but it's just gray. Yeah, the windows open. Yeah. Maybe you can hear some birds chirping, but it's not like a day that just necessarily puts a smile on your face. No, you know? not really. Not really. But, yeah, I'm, I like, did some very heavy cleaning earlier today i could tell when yeah. i came in yeah yeah Glad you noticed yeah it looks good Been working hard i need to fucking clean my <laughs> apartment too and then i look back behind you and see that the cat has thrown up on top of my uh comic books oh uh, well so that's you know good. yeah yeah uh yeah i know what that's like yeah um did your, did your cats throw or yeah you have two two still, right yeah do they throw up often yeah i don't know what the deal is like i feel like it's my orange cat Uh henderson he just gorges himself on food and then will throw up immediately afterwards because like it'll still be yep just like it'll look like he just ate it same fucking thing you know cherry yeah just i feed her every day you know, and she just, she runs up and just, like, acts like she's never been fed in her mm-hmm. life. And then, typically, probably about four or five times a week, she eats and then pukes it right up. Like, sometimes before she even, like, she'll get two feet from the bowl and then mm-hmm. just throw it up. And I'm like, I... It's like, stop. Yeah. You know? It pisses me off. Like, and I'll try and stop it or at least run him into a room where it's not carpeted. Right. You know? Because then, if he throws up on the carpet, I will literally just let it dry and then pick it up later. <laughs> because if you do that, I don't know if you've ever tried this My method. My old apartment's carpet, so. Okay. Well, if if it dries, then it just, like, comes up in one solid clump. Ah, uh, yeah. But if you try to scoop up cat puke with a, a nap or a paper towel or something it just like smears yeah it does into the carpet and it was yeah. like fuck that i'll just let it dry then and just uh-huh. peel it up like, yeah it's nasty but you know just start I, hearing that I, yeah i don't even know i like i don't even get it like and the problem that you know part of me is like okay well is it you know do i need to leave food out but you know, it's not like the, it's not the biggest issue, nowhere near the type, like the kind of issue that it was sort of made out to be when I got my cat, but you know, she only has three legs, so I'm supposed to kind of control her weight Yeah. and she like just eats a fuck ton. So I can't just leave food out all the time or she'll just eat and eat and eat and get fat and then she can't walk. Cats will do that. Yeah. They like have no pacing. Right. So I I feed the cats twice a day, mm-hmm. and I'll give them, you know, like a, I have a particular portion that I give them right. that recommended, you know, so I stick to that. But oftentimes I'll go downstairs, and they will have just knocked over the entire container, and there's just food spilled all, all over the floor, 
And it's like, no wonder you're fat asses and yeah. like, you know, and you're throwing up all the time. You just, you're getting fed twice a day and then you still have to knock the damn thing over. Right. Spill food everywhere. Just stuff yourself. I, I don't, uh, I don't get it. And you know, I, I think it's like, and I was like, okay, maybe I'll try like soft food. And then she just pukes up soft mm, food and you know, that's even worse. I've heard that like. You know they shouldn't be doing that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, she's pretty fucking fine otherwise. Yeah. So I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> just be a cat. Yeah. I don't care. You know. Just sit around and lick yourself. She's been fine for six fucking years. Yeah. So whatever. Just deal with it. Hashtag BWI. Yeah. Speaking of hashtags, I fucking... Did you see the new um, It trailer? Yeah. So awesome. awesome. Uh, But I posted on Instagram, just like... At the end of the trailer, there's like a 0.5 second flash Mm -hmm. of Pennywise on the projector screen. Yeah. You know, like in the basement after the kids are watching it and it's like a full costumed shot uh from like the waist up and i like did the thing on my phone where i just like fucking jam the pause button so Uh it's just like frame by frame going until i paused on it and i screenshotted it uh and i threw it up on instagram you know yeah and i only hashtagged like six different things Mm -hmm. i got 132 likes on it damn i like i don't know why i don't just it was just like i i uh had my my phone was away from me for a while and i picked it up you know Mm -hmm. and looked at it went to instagram and the little thing pops up and it's like 64 likes and i was just like oh my phone's doing that thing again where it just like compounds all of your likes from the last couple days Mm -hmm. and i clicked on it and it was just like all (laughs) the the it picture yeah and then i clicked the picture and it was like you know 105 likes and then it was still just like likes rolling in no follows though which kind of sucks but i was still like well eh, i'll take what i can get you know my instagram has been somehow just like slowly slowly rising in likes i'm starting to average like 45 to 60 likes per picture that's pretty good yeah it's really not bad you've got a good uh a good niche on your page i feel like i kind of think i do too like i really i really enjoy my instagram well the i think there's a it seems like there's a big following for people who are posting like sweet horror memorabilia yeah you know those pages where you'll go to their account and it's just like picture after picture of like cool shit that they own yeah those always seem to do really well and i don't follow a lot of those you know Mm -hmm. um and you know i definitely don't i think what makes my instagram or like more fun it's definitely not like unique Mm -hmm. i i wouldn't say but i think because my collection is not as impressive as some a lot of those instagrams that are just collections yeah you know my collection's not as impressive, so 
I definitely supplement with selfies and pictures of Lindsay and pictures mm-hmm. of my dog and cat and like you know and then I post yeah. like a lot of different stuff like I bought this movie or I bought this Funko Pop or I bought you know mm-hmm. I got this signed or like whatever like just stuff you know yeah I get a lot of stuff in the mail I do a lot of online shopping so I post like that kind of stuff and uh you know I just think it's it's I try to make it a a legitimate peek into my life mm-hmm. you know a little tiny actual peek behind the curtain which you know i think it gets makes it a little more personal yeah which makes it cool to follow i really like i really like instagram i like mine a lot but oh. speaking of uh memorabilia and stuff um I I haven't received it yet, but uh, this girl at work told me way back in January that she, like, got me a Christmas present, but she had to, like, pay it off, mm-hmm. which I thought was weird. I was like, that kind of means that you spent a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're not particularly close. Like, she's cool. Yeah. She's been there for a long time, you know, and we talk about comics sometimes and stuff she's a big dc fan um but you know like it's just like whatever but anyway she's like okay i got you this thing for christmas but like i have to pay it off first and you'll probably she was like, she's like are you still gonna be working here in february and i was like yeah and she's like okay well i probably won't have it till then and then i kind of forgot about it like i was just like whatever i'm not yeah. gonna like follow up or anything like if she got it she got it if not who cares you know mm-hmm. she's just a co-worker and uh the other day earlier this week she came back and she was like your thing is still coming she was like i'm gonna show you a picture because it's been so long but like it's on back order or whatever so i don't really know what i'm gonna get it but like you know it's a thing and i was like oh okay cool yeah and so she shows me this picture and it's moon night and i was like oh sweet like moon night i was like that's really cool is it like a poster or something and she goes no i got you a moon night statue oh and i was like those are expensive yeah yeah you know like sometimes marvel statues and things can be upwards of like two hundred dollars yeah you know those the bus or whatever yeah 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 Yeah. and it looked she's the one she showed me she's like it's not this exact one but it's really similar and it was a full body statue you know and uh she was like so yeah it's on back order like i don't you know what it'll just get here eventually i've been waiting a long time but that's that's what it is and i was like holy fucking shit like and she and then she was just like you know you've been here for such a long time and you've always just like been really nice to everybody and like you just do your job and everything she's a front she works at the front desk she's a Mm -hmm. concierge and she's like you just you know you've just been nice and you've been here and i just wanted to do something nice for you because you were just like a positive person in this environment that's cool so being nice pays off yeah exactly i was like you know i definitely have a feeling that karma is real mm-hmm. and i looked at that as like well that's that's some good karma yeah for me like 
if I ever, because sometimes I do feel like I do all kinds of shit and just don't get recognized for it or don't, you know, I just don't necessarily get the payoff or whatever. Yeah. But then stuff like this happens and I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. there it is. There's, there's the payoff that you shouldn't expect for doing nice things. Right. But it's nice when it happens. It's karma. That's nice when it happens. Exactly. You don't do nice things to get things in return. Right. But. Generally, it will come back to you at some point. This is what you get for being nice. Yeah. Generally, you know. So, that's really cool. So, you know, who knows when it'll get here. But, uh, that's a thing that happened this, this week that I'm pretty excited about. Nice. So. Um, I was gonna tell you. I have my switch over here. I just picked up uh, uh, the invisible shield for it. The, yeah. Uh, screen protector. Anyway, I don't know if you've heard, but apparently they're trying to get um, Rocket League ported to the Switch. Really? Yeah. Probably be fun. That would be. And then, you know, like, people are coming up with designs like. For different stadiums, like themed after Nintendo, and it's like, oh, oh that man, would that be, cool. be so cool! And like, imagine yeah. all the little, the little doodads and shit you could get for your car. Yeah, like Mario hat, you right? Know, or, that would be sweet. Or like you stars. Could t- turn and, the ball into a Yoshi egg. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of cool stuff you could do. Or a, a chain chomp. Mm-hmm. That would be really sweet. Yeah, I feel like that's that's probably a gold mine if they actually get moving on it. Yeah. Like I was reading that um, right now it's it's outpacing uh, the PS4 from its launch in Japan. So the Switch is mm-hmm. really, yeah, it's the best opening or best release that Nintendo's ever had for a console. Huh. Which seems strange because it didn't it didn't feel like the build up was no. Like I was really excited. Right. But it just it didn't seem like. It was as big of a deal as like the Wii was when it came out. No, it's I don't. Apparently, th- blowing all their past systems out of the water sales wise. I don't think so either. I remember, you know, I remember the hype for the GameCube being real. Mm-hmm. Like GameCube hype was just unbelievable. Yeah, you know, and uh, and the Wii especially was even more hyped. I mean, but the the Switch really like. They just kind of casually announced it. They had a big press conference, and then they were like, it's available in a month. Mm-hmm. And then a month came and went, and some people had a Switch, and some people didn't. Mm-hmm. And But, like, it came out, how long has it been out? A couple couple months now? It came out in... No, just... No, um, just, a, just a month, about. Yeah, under a month still, um, Yes, actually. just under just under a month. Yeah. Uh one of my friends posted on Facebook that they have like four of them at the Middletown Mire. He was just oh, like, really? if you're looking for a switch, I found some. Hmm. And it's like, that didn't really, you didn't have that a month later with the Wii, you know? Well, I mean, that, that is probably just really good timing. It could. Okay. Yeah, obviously. I mean, they're probably gone now, Yeah, but. Cause I mean, even the, the NES minis are still selling out immediately. Yeah. So it's just like, I saw, I did see that Nintendo 
had posted this picture of like Mario and Luigi in a factory. And uh-huh. it was like, they're boxing up more to ship out next week. So it's like, keep an eye on your retail stores. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any way to reserve one at this point. So no, you I just have it. to get lucky like right. that and stumble upon them. But yeah, I was very surprised when I read that it was just like outpacing all of their previous launches it just doesn't seem like that should be the case but and i've seen so many things online about people complaining about it you know just the community seems to be really enjoying it i think that a lot of critics yeah kind of panned it yeah the com- i think i think the community is really um latching on to the games mm-hmm. it sounds like uh especially legend of zelda yeah um i i've seen just people complaining about like the well the screen and like sliding it in they don't want to scratch it so people are like making koozies for the you know the console and stuff and yeah. you know some people were talking about like the ergonomics of the controller and trying to make it more comfortable and modifying it to make it more comfortable or whatever but yeah but overall you know those are typical yeah complaints of any new system whenever something launches there's always a portion of the community that's like this is the most uncomfortable controller i've ever held yeah and then other people are like well it's not so bad well you know i will say when you let when i held the controller at uh, the studio 85 opening party yeah and even with that extra like l and r attachment i i did still feel like i was like man this is fucking small it is it is really small but again like i told you once you use it and you're actually playing a game, you stop noticing. Right. And then you realize a lot of that space I'm used to is just extra. Uh-huh. I don't have to have that. It's not like I can't play this game right now, you know? Right. And even, I mean, playing it with the Joy-Cons attached to the screen is great. Um, and then you've got, like, the little controller accessory that they can slide into. And then there's the Pro Controller that you can get as well. So, I mean, there are options. I just I feel like it's it's just really cool. I haven't had any issues with you know feeling like I'm going to scratch the screen. Yeah. Putting it in the dock. I mean, I, I guess as as long as you're not just like dropping it in, you should <laughs> yeah. be okay. Or like trying to slam it in quickly. You just take your time. There's no big deal. Right. I saw a mock-up that somebody had come up with that was like it was the two controllers. Mhm. And then it was uh the it was the gamecube layout for buttons like oh, yeah. x and y were the sort of like yeah weird shapes or whatever and then the buttons over here were a c stick mm-hmm. and it was just like please fucking make this yeah to two uh attachments mm-hmm. just with gamecube set up and i was like yep i yeah. i'd buy that I'd, I'd buy that for a dollar there's a lot they can do i feel like after having this i mean Shit, I was looking at uh, this uh, campaign on Kickstarter, I think it was, but it's the new game made by the guy who did uh, fucking however many six or seven Castlevania games Mm -hmm. from Symphony of the Night through whatever the latest one that they released was. Like the very latest? Um or like did he do the Game Boy he games? He did like all the Game Boy okay. and Game Boy Advance. Stick to the side scroll. Yeah. Okay. Um but he's making a new game in that kind of style and 
but it's not a Castlevania game. Right. It looks very similar. It's like Mighty yeah. Number no. 9. Yeah, but it looks like it's going to be really cool. Yeah. And anyway, they just announced that they were canceling the Wii U version that you could pre-order, and they were moving all of them to the Switch. Oh. And they were going to do like a physical copy, and I'm definitely going to get on board with it and donate yeah. to it. Uh, but anyway, when I was reading through the comments, I was surprised to see like the number of people who said, oh shit, I'm canceling my PC pre-order and moving it to the Switch. Or really? I'm canceling my, my PS4 pre-order and, and getting it on the Switch. Because just the ability to take it with you is so cool. Right. You know, and to do it reliably. It's like, if the PS4 wouldn't have totally botched you know, the way that your Vita was supposed to work with it, then uh -huh. they could have had that. But, you know, I think I've talked about it before. If you try to play remote access on, on your Vita, it's just like a joke. Yeah. It just doesn't even work. Right. So, but that could be something that really impacts the future of consoles. Uh-huh. Is if Nintendo starts, like, outdoing PS4 and Xbox One in sales because people are willing to like oh shit we can only play in 720p when we take it on the go but you're still taking it on the go and you're playing current gen fucking yeah. games on this little thing so right yeah. yeah i do i do still do still want to pick one up at some point but i don't know like i said before i'm pretty okay with waiting for the catalog to get a little bit bigger yeah and i'm really looking forward to mario so i'm definitely not gonna i'm probably i'm definitely not even gonna attempt to pick one up until mario is out which i know is later this year mm -hmm. um i have been playing horizon zero dawn i borrowed that from cody are you running into like the same mental blocks with it that you're normally uh um, fight through with games of that size i i felt i sort of felt like i was and i kind of like was it wasn't a lot mm -hmm. and the side missions are very tomb raider-esque where it's just like you talk to a person and it's just like okay go here go here and i'll go back to the person you know um so i did a couple and uh wasn't wasn't too bothered I, one time when I just had a main mission to do, I was like, I'm going to explore, you know, and I like trekked for like 15 minutes to like the far corner of this, of the little area I was confined to mm -hmm. because there was like a herd there, you know, the herds are marked on the map. So I was like, I'm going to go check out this herd, you know, and see, and I like trekked for like 15 minutes and got there and it was like nothing special. Mm -hmm. So I was like kind of pissed about it. Yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I just came all the way here and it's just like four machines in a little grotto, you know, they ended up killing me too. I was, yeah. I like attacked one of them and then they all fucking killed me. So I was like, waste of time. Yeah. Totally. But, um, when I got home today, I was like, I, I, I kind of I want to do something else, but, like, I should probably play it, you know. it. You get to this point because your character is an outcast, so the tribe has this 
sort of coming of age thing called the proving, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, Aloy, your character is allowed to compete in the proving. And if she does, she'll be reaccept. If she passes, she'll be reaccepted into the tribe, uh, and also become a brave, which are like their soldiers. Um, so I was like, well, I'm right at the proving and I was talking to Cody and he said it like only gets better after that so i was like okay i'm just gonna i'll just fucking sit down and play it and you know there was a lot of dialogue and stuff which is cool you get to like pick your dialogue and things lots of people to talk to and the village was like very alive very Mm -hmm. lived in and very interesting um so when you get when the proving starts the actual event i I was sitting on the couch with the controller in my hand, like, I'm going to fucking win this. Like, I have to prove myself mm-hmm. to all of these people because all they've done is, like, shun me my entire life. You know, I've only been playing the game for, like, three hours. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, fuck these people. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that I win. And I was, like, running through it. And all it was was you had to, like, collect a trophy from uh, a herd of machines. They all kind of come running in. And you had to, like, kill one and collect a trophy. And then you just had to race to the finish, you know? And there's, like, a cutscene that puts you in dead last for the trophies. So, you know, the the running is, like, what uh, defines it or whatever. You have to catch up. So you take, like, this dangerous route or whatever. And, like, I ended up winning, like... You, you kind of are supposed to. It's supplemented by cutscenes here and there. Yeah. Uh, but even still, despite that, I, like, came in first, and I was like, fuck, yes. <laughs> like, that's awesome. You know? And then, like, you're, everyone gets attacked by, like, a rival tribe, mm-hmm. and, like, you save everybody, and then uh, there's a lot of story between, like what happens after everyone's attacked and when you wake up from it and they give you like a fairly significant part of the mystery. And then after that is when you're sent on your way out into like the forbidden world, um, as a seeker. Mm. And I don't want to spoil anything, but once all the story and all the stuff that happens after the proving and then like what you become and what they're what they tell you that your like purpose is i was like oh my god like it's good it's really good and the world is so interesting and there's a lot of really interesting themes i caught on when uh the proving starts there's an opening ceremony the day before and it's there's a very interesting dynamic within the world the tribe that you're a part of worships like this goddess the all mother and there's a very heavy semblance into like in mothers in their culture like yeah. you are born from your mother and you live to like uh honor your mother and everything like that well the reason Aloy is outcast is because she doesn't have a mother. Um, so she's raised by this guy, Rost, in, who's also an outcast. 
well, it's just interesting because they have such a you you're in the opening ceremonies and you everybody lights a lantern in honor of their mother and sets it off uh into the sky and the priestesses are sort of like telling that you know everyone comes from their mother all the stuff i just said and they just they place such a huge importance on like motherhood and love and all this stuff yet they shun your character constantly they're not allowed to talk to her they're not allowed to interact with her and even though she goes out of her way at times to help them and to you save a boy when you're like a little girl and you save his life and his father comes up and takes him away and just goes why are you talking to her you can't talk to her she's an outcast Hmm. you know so it's really interesting that their culture puts such an emphasis on love but then they shun you for your whole life huh it's really cool it's really really cool and uh i'm definitely stoked to like play more so how far in are you now i finished the proving today and then like i said there was a lot of sort of interactive story a lot of just walking around yeah and listening to one of the uh, priestesses talk to you and tell you all this stuff um and i can't i just came out of that became a seeker so i'm probably um including like the silly running around i did i'm probably like five six hours of playtime in if you just did the story missions you could probably get to where i am in like two hours if you want to go the uh the route of the people who complain about games being too short yeah trying to take them back right after beating them maybe maybe two hours maybe three i don't yeah. really know but it's uh it's really cool the i love my favorite thing in tomb raider is using the bow like i almost never use guns uh so i i love that you are an archer you know you yeah. have a bow and there's a lot of really cool stuff like i have a perk where if you jump in the air and aim, time slows down so you can like aim while oh, you're in cool. midair. And then she also like when you're sprinting, mm-hmm. if you hit square, she slides like on her knees. And when you do that, if you aim your bow, time will like slow down while you're sliding. That reminds me of uh, some gameplay mechanic they had in Wet. Did you ever play yep. that? Yep, I did. Yeah. I played the demo like oh. a bunch. I never played the actual game. It was pretty fun. Yeah, just silly shoot everyone you see yeah you know grindhouse type movie right video game yeah it was it was fun i i liked the demo a lot zelda has that that uh time slowing down like when you're in the air and you draw your Uh bow you do that as well it's pretty neat um there was another thing oh and then you also can get a perk where if you're aiming your bow and you click r3 like to zoom in Mm -hmm. um that also will it's concentration so it'll Mm -hmm. slow down time and you have a little meter so it's it's awesome because like when the all of the people from the proving were being attacked by the rival tribe you know i was i had to defend and it was just like headshot headshot Mm -hmm. headshot headshot because it's cool you can you can concentrate on it so but it's really sweet like it's i don't really i don't see it at all as like cheating or anything Mm -hmm. like it's just it's a fun dynamic i think and 
you can't just hold it forever. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. you have a time limit, so you have to be able to finesse aiming, zooming in, getting a head sh- like, targeting yeah. the head and firing all before this meter goes down. One, uh, one thing as far as aiming goes that I really like on the new Zelda game is, like, you can go from aiming with the left thumbstick, you know, and as you would normally do on a game, I guess... I think it's the left, isn't it? I normally aim with the right. Okay, well, I guess you'd be... Yeah, you're moving around with yeah, the left. Yeah, you can move you with, left with the right. right. So you're, so you're like, aiming with your thumbstick, and you can, like... So you could quickly get in position with uh-huh. the thumbstick, but then once you're kind of in that range, then you can take over control by moving the actual screen. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. So it makes it easier, in my opinion, with, you know... With thumbsticks, sometimes it can be a little difficult to get things exactly where you want them because right. it's why I've always preferred aiming with a keyboard and mouse in a game because you, you're using your entire hand and wrist to kind of finesse your way into position as opposed right. to trying to just move it, you know, slightly to get that headshot. Yeah, which is I don't. It's why if you look at like I remember reading an article about the top ten Halo players in the country at the time and it was like every single one of them they listed their their setup you know and their sensitivity and all this kind of stuff and every single one of them had it on like one or two and i was like really "Really? wow that because you think that like the greatest players are probably whipping around at like the high speed you know Uh up there at an eight somehow where you barely touch it and they like turn around Right. But all the people that were like the greatest in the world were playing on the very lowest sensitivity. It's like, well, honestly, I guess if you can figure out a way to to learn the maps well enough and put yourself in the right position, that makes sense when you're playing with a, a controller. Right. Because that's how you do have the best control as far as aiming goes. Right. You know? So... So yeah, Horizon's a lot of fun. I love that it's a PS4 exclusive, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Cody said, he's because he's already beaten it, Cody said it's up there with The Last of Us for him. Oh, yeah? It's like that good. And I can, I can see it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, story emphasis. Like, I was in that sort of guided story for much longer than I anticipated being, which didn't bother me. Yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Um, it was very much, you know, a lot of, a lot of feelings of like Uncharted, mm-hmm. uh, with those like twenty minute cutscenes. But you were just like, oh my god, I just want to watch this cutscene. I love that if the cutscenes are good and the story yeah. is good. It really it's they did a really good job once again of, um, you, you feel connected to the characters almost instantly. Yeah, you know, and. Uh, it makes the like you you care about them very quickly you know like one of there's three priestesses and one of them sort of she's the one that like kind of takes you by the hand after the proving and wants to tell you all of these secrets and there's another priestess who agrees with her but is kind of like well i mean what else are we going to do and there's a third priestess that's like fuck that mm-hmm. we shouldn't be talking to her she's an outcast so it's you know, so you automatically love Tirsa 
and you hate Jaka mm-hmm. because she doesn't like you. Yeah. You're like, but I've never done anything, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's really, it's nice to, to feel that connected to a character and to the, to the world and what you're doing. I've had that with The Last of Us and I have that with Tomb Raider and I had that with Uncharted, especially the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'll have to play it. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good so far. Um, when was that? Last night? that you asked me about Kavinsky. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I heard them on my Spotify playlist that I've been shuffling and I know I feel like I know that I've heard them before because you've been playing them at the house like sometimes when I've been over. Yeah. Um I think the big break was probably with the Drive soundtrack. Okay. That Night Call uh-huh. I think was was from Drive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that that popped up on my 80s list and i was like holy shit you know Mm -hmm. this is good i can get into this i really liked um i liked the female vocals on night call more than i liked the computer Mm -hmm. vocals but still the the music was really really good it's really cool you know so and it reminded me a lot of uh carpenter brute Mm -hmm. not not more more 80s soundtrack less like Spastic, uh, spastic, yeah. almost like goth core, yeah. sort of. Like yeah. you would expect goth kids to listen to Carpenter Brute a lot, you know. Not that that's the only people that do. It's very accessible music, but it's very like driving and hard and electronic and. Well, like navigating these groups and stuff. Since we decided to go in this direction, I've been learning more about like the subculture as it exists today Uh and there are so many like you know it's you don't realize that probably every single genre of music is sort of sliced up this way but you know when you're dealing with kind of independent rock music and you've got emo and screamo and post hardcore and post post punk and metalcore and you don't realize how many different branches there are of synth music uh-huh. and stuff that falls under that kind of, uh, I guess it, it kind of starts with like new wave and, and then you've got like synth wave and synth pop and, you know, the shit like VHS pop and whatever Carpenter Brute would be defined as, um, I don't know exactly because they've got almost like you said it's it's kind of goth ish it almost makes it feel like they uh they have some common ground with like nine inch nails yeah exactly like you i would expect i wouldn't be surprised if carpenter brute was playing at like a warehouse party where everybody was dressed in all black you know trip pants and throwing glow sticks around like that's where you would hear carpenter brute or like you know the the vampire club in blade yeah that's that's a carpenter brute setting yeah to me and then like on the other end of the spectrum there's like vapor wave yeah which i don't know if you've heard of that uh-uh. but it's like it's very i i want to describe it as like hazy 
Uh-huh. It's like it feels hazy and like oh, that kind of almost more early 90s than 80s-ish. Yeah. Like inspired by, and people, a lot of vaporwave artists, they'll take clips from like fucking old Windows music <laughs> like that was included with computers. Uh-huh. And like, or they'll take shit from like commercials that just has that sound to it. Right. You know, if you imagine the, um, like the old cups, the throwaway paper cups with like the kind of aqua squiggle yeah, on it, exactly like what the you purple, uh huh. But like cover it in fog and like some pink in the background, like the kind of washed out pink. That gives you an idea of like okay. the aesthetic of vapor wave and eh, interesting. So it's, yeah, but it's it's weird how how many divisions and how how like elitist people get over it just reading some of the threads and comments people have and like i i said something the other day on one some uh, some guy he was like giving his farewell speech to this group that i'm a part of right because synth wave was becoming too mainstream and he like can't handle the direction that this group is going and this facebook page that used to be so pure and all these people are coming in here and they're posers and all that stuff and it's like derivative that was one word that was getting thrown around <laughs> it was like if you have a problem with music being derivative synth wave and the like is a very bad place for you to be in my opinion yeah because the entire subculture is derivative of a movement that took place originally back almost 30 years ago yeah the entire movement is derivative. Right. But, you know, people are... But be elitist. Go ahead. Yeah, go for it. Just see ya. Yeah, who gives a fuck? I'm considering this my farewell. I can't handle like it. Who's gonna, like, who's gonna miss you? Exactly. Were you that much of a presence on this <laughs> one page on Facebook that everyone's gonna just, like, cry over your absence? Like, nobody gives two fucks whether or not you're a part of this group. I mean, group. he, like, made a list. He was like, I'm leaving this group because... And then did, like, a numbered list of the reasons why and all the reasons why the group had gone downhill. And Come on. Who cares? Yeah. Nobody cares that you're leaving. <laughs> uh, it's like, enjoy the music or don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. man well um we're gonna one we didn't talk about this yet but no. uh, we're gonna be kind of tweaking the cast it's a it's a process the whole thing is you know yeah we're that... not that we never set out to become professional podcasters yeah. but i feel like as we've gone along we've kind of experimented with different things to try and find something that interest people because while we have fun doing this we could just sit here and talk to each other without recording it and putting it online yeah but if we're going to do that i feel like we want people to hear it right and part of that is kind of improving our format if you will and finding uh different things that work and finding what doesn't work and stopping the things that don't and increasing the things that do so in uh, an effort to kind of play around with things a little bit we're going to shorten the show up 
uh, for a while anyhow and see how that goes. So we'll, we'll try and keep them between 30 and 45 minutes. And we're going to try and kind of focus in on, I guess, the aesthetic of, of what we're doing on our Facebook page. Right. You know, the kind of 80s pop culture stuff. And we'll, we're going to try and focus on, uh, could be a movie one week from the 80s, could be a piece of technology uh, could be an ad campaign that some yeah. brand did. Could you know. be, I mean, it could be a Super Nintendo game or, yeah. you know, stuff, video games. It's just going to be, um, we're, you know, this, all of this has been a process in building image. And so we're just converting the podcast into that image. Yeah. Into just to make everything, our whole outlook is you know we're trying to make the whole thing cohesive right so this is that yeah that's what's happening we're just moving the podcast over now Mm -hmm. into this cohesive image but it's it's cool because uh because that that era has such a unique feel to it and people seem to have i know i do and obviously you look online to see all the different facebook groups and people who like the shit that era has a very strong following yeah people who feel very nostalgic about you know that decade and give or take uh, years that kind of bookend it in the 70s and 90s but um we can still talk about horror movies and we can still talk about comic books so we'll be able to throw in a little bit of what we're doing on the video shows when we're doing those but it'll still fit into the overall cohesive vision that we have for what we're doing here for for a while everything we bring you is going to be a product of sometime between 1980 and 1989 yeah that's all Mm -hmm. so i think it's going to be fun um you know i was talking to nick the other day about you know to be honest with i think uh a this this all of this building that we've been doing and stuff uh i have been very excited and on board with it all and whatever you know but i do find a little difficulty because the 80s are not are really not my nostalgia like personally uh i was born in 1989 so i obviously grew up a 90s kid uh, and that's a whole different thing, mm-hmm. I think. Like, yeah, there's some stuff from the 80s that bled over. Yeah, there's a couple shows I watched or a couple toys that I had. But there's there's a very uh, definite difference between, like, 1985 and 1995. Yeah. And the aesthetic and the vibe and the things that were happening. So, you know, it's just – it's been – just different for me mm-hmm. that's all something that i've had to delve into and start to experience so i'm kind of hoping that another dynamic that we can bring you you know uh i would say the only thing i'm well versed in is 80s horror movies because they're some of my favorite uh but another dynamic that i, I want to try to bring you guys is uh talking about these things in these movies and shows and whatever we decide to talk about with coming from Nick who experienced it as a child and then coming from me who's experiencing it as a 27 year old for the first time. Yeah. You know, 
And I just barely made it. And you did, yeah, did. you did. So, so I mean, I was born in '85. So literally, my first memories, like the earliest things I can think back to, I would say, you know, I have fuzzy recollections of being, you know, a, a kid at the first apartment that I, that I lived in um, when I was like three years old, you know, and I know what I was into back then. Right. Uh, see pictures, the toys that I was playing with, and I remember watching shows and. I remember going to see the original Ninja Turtles movie. I remember seeing the original Batman with my dad in theaters. So, like, my earliest, earliest memories are probably starting in, like, 1988. Yeah. So I got I got two years there. But as the decade usually will bleed into the next a little, you know, I feel like the 90s, when you hear 90s stuff really starts in probably like 92 or 93 yeah i think usually when you go into a new decade for about the first year or two you're still in the last decade yeah for what it's worth right it wasn't until like you know you call it you call it the early 90s 92 93 but that i feel like that's when i was you know five and six or Mm -hmm. whatever uh, and that's when like Nickelodeon really took off. Yeah. And maybe a year after that or so, you got Cartoon Network, and Cartoon Network's earliest cartoons really mm-hmm. took off. And uh, well, I remember like Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon was still big when I was really little. Uh huh. But I guess when like when Snick came on. Yeah. With like Ren and Stimpy and Are You Afraid of the Dark? That was more. That's nineties. Yeah. But my first experience of Nickelodeon, it's like I got to experience the best of both worlds growing up because I, I got the tail end of the 90, or 80s, and so I was into all the fucking Ghostbusters and Thundercats, Transformers, right. Right. and all that cool shit, He-Man. And then when the second wave of new shows came through for a new generation, I also got to experience those as a kid, though, you know at the tail end of being that age where you're captivated by those things, you know. I remember around the time that I stopped watching Power Rangers, it was because I started feeling like it wasn't really cool for me to be watching Power Rangers anymore, unfortunately. Probably right around the time I started watching Power Rangers. uh, Probably so. I don't know. Did you watch Mighty Morphin, like, from the beginning? I don't know about from the beginning. I just remember... Being, I wanted at seven years old. Mm-hmm. I wanted to take karate because I wanted to be a Power Ranger. Yeah. So, I did watch Mighty Morphin. I watched up until like they until it became Zio, I guess. Okay. And Tommy became the Red Ranger, and uh-huh. you know, so to me he was always Green Ranger and White Ranger. Right. And then I know he became the Red. Anyway, um, so it's yeah we. We have that dynamic there where as far as the stuff that we're into with the band's image right now and, and where we're going with things, uh, I can kind of speak to what it was like, what I remember it being like living through that era. And you're kind of just now coming into it. Right. And well, and again, you know, you you might have caught the tail end of it, but a lot of this stuff is still things that you... Uh, embraced 
in like you know your early early childhood years like you know like 10 and under Mm -hmm. it's stuff that you really embrace like i'm looking at it right now because nick has it i've never seen the transformers movie the the animated one so good you know you should take it home and watch i i never watched like thundercats religiously i never watched uh you know like the ninja turtles cartoon like Mm -hmm. i've seen the first movie because my grandma had it so i watched that all the time but i never watched the other two like a lot of that kind of stuff you know what i mean uh yeah you yeah you em- embrace it a lot more and i am just coming into it so i and think I it'll like, be fun yeah and, and like the thing about growing up at that point and i mean it's really the same way with stuff in the 90s i think you had a little more access um as far as like companies seeing the profit and putting out tv shows on videotape and all uh-huh. that stuff but you know growing up in the 80s um the connection to all these these uh different franchises it's really based in in like the imagery and the toys as opposed to remembering the stories from a lot of the stuff like yeah that's I, true i remember the transformers movie because of something devastating that happens in it you know and uh and and you know i remember the ghostbusters because I loved the movies and I had those on VHS. I loved the cartoon as well, but back then, with the cartoons, you got to watch them once a week. Right. You couldn't, like, fire up Netflix and watch episode after episode. So it's like you'd watch a show one time for a half hour, and then you'd get your toys, and that's where your connection was, I feel like. Right. Um, because you, you didn't have companies putting out entire box sets of Thundercats in the 80s. Uh-huh. It just wasn't... You know, you could maybe get your parents to set the VCR and tape a few episodes for you. And, and those were the episodes you really remembered. But, you know, that's, I think that's why people are so connected to the, the imagery and the toys. And, and people are just, they latch onto that stuff because that's, that's where your attention was. Right. And, uh, I don't know, maybe... Maybe you feel that way about some of the stuff you were into, because... I yeah, I think I sort of... Uh, in, in, in the way I, the I kind of look at it, maybe, is like, you know, a lot of your nostalgia is wrapped up in these shows and movies and things. Um, and I, I kind of feel like, to be perfectly honest, my nostalgia is sort of wrapped up in, like, the boom of technology mm-hmm. where like yeah i watched nickelodeon and i watched cartoon network and i yeah. fucking love dexter's laboratory and i remember like you know watching courage the cowardly dog and and all that stuff but i didn't watch like a ton of movies as a kid um at least i watched like jurassic park et ninja turtles yeah done mm-hmm. you know and then like my sister with my sisters i watched a lot of disney movies so that's I didn't really see a lot of live action stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, my nostalgia is really wrapped up in like having a computer in the house for the first time and like AOL and like yeah. being on the internet and then like going to e-bombs world yeah. and, uh, and that kind of having a cell phone for the first time and playing with laptops at school and that kind of thing. I, I think so 
it's I don't know it's a, it's a different kind of connection I, like you have a, a sort of these you know you have the, a big connection to the toys and where you're creating stories and things and you have the stories of these shows and whatnot and I sort of have like an experience nostalgia where it's just like oh my god all this new stuff is happening and it's yeah. happening fast yeah well back then for me it was the big technological breakthroughs that i cared about basically was just like a, a new game system coming well that out, yeah that know? too like i had you know when i was real young i had the gray brick game boy and yeah. then being like 11 years old and getting a game boy color for the first time and just being like holy shit it's in color yeah you know yeah um and Our, watching that technology sort of advance mm -hmm. yeah yeah i remember being blown away by the super nintendo yeah when it first came out and like being at walmart and they had the display and just playing super mario world and it was just like your mind's blown because of how awesome it looks compared to you know your nes where you're just playing I had all the Mario games, but even compared to Mario 3, at that point, Super Mario World was just, like, off the charts. Right. It was unbelievable. So, so that's what we're going to start bringing you. Yeah. It'll be cool. It'll be fun to sort of dive in and see, see what's happening. Yeah. And there's so much stuff now that's, like, you know, being mined uh -huh. and brought back. Yeah. from that era that there's going to be a lot when new movies are coming out we can take a look at hey here's something they're bringing back from this time period uh -huh. games that they're remaking you know franchises that started at that point so we'll have, we'll have a lot to talk about it's not going to be boring it's going to help us i feel like we're going to be able to uh kind of zoom in and give ourselves a, a little bit more direction mm -hmm. and hopefully uh, bring in some some new ears for the show and um yeah it's gonna be fun yep so uh we're gonna wrap up for this week and we'll be back next week with maybe stuff about the transformers movie yeah that'd be a good start so uh until then i'm bender i'm nicholas contact me anywhere across social media do so just look up nicholas villars um for our band stuff you know the drill instagram at super divorce band twitter or snapchat just super divorce um and then uh go ahead facebook, and facebook yeah facebook.com slash super divorce and super divorce me.com is looking nifty these days so Go and take a gander, gander, gander. <sighs> we climb up, climb up the gander mountain and <laughs> take a look at our website. Um, if you want to follow me across social media, you can find me on Instagram at BenderButt. Find me on Twitter at BenderButts. 
and uh, tw- uh, Snapchat at Bender's Butt. Um, follow me on Instagram. You can, yeah. The other two are cool, but follow me on Instagram. Also, send us an email at divorceclub at superdivorceme.com. Um, tell us anything you want, really. Mm-hmm. But if you're feeling uh, like being directed, tell us a, something you have nostalgia for from the 80s or you know, a movie you love or a, a soundtrack or an album you love or, like, whatever. We're just, you know, we're moving into our full-fledged 80s vibe here and we're getting cohesive. So yeah. help us do that and let us know how 80s you are. See if you can out 80s us. <laughs> just try. Try, because you probably won't, but, you know, we'd like you to try. And uh, next week we're going to be back with... Um... Uh, what would you say a uh, a more what am I searching for here a more um, an in-depth look at the Transformers animated movie yeah we're gonna do that we're gonna talk about that yep lots about that Bender's never seen it nope I'm going to let him take it home this evening and uh, I hope that uh, he enjoys it I probably will so until next time Enjoy, chefs. Super divorce.